Welcome on. Thank you for tuning in to the Bad on Brains FC podcast, the podcast focusing all things pro soccer in the DMV and across the United States. My name is Jose Omania, sports writer for the Sports Pulse, and joining me as always is our co-host, Mario Maya from the Tiempo Latino. Mario, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. First off, Happy New Year. And second off, I had a New Year's resolution and then broke it within the first 25 minutes of 2021. Couldn't say no to those cupcakes, I see. All right. Well, I could <laughs> tamales, baby. <laughs> hey, you tried for 10 minutes. Mission accomplished. Before we get into more of your food obsession, this podcast is going to be strictly focused on our local team, DC United, as they prepare for what we think is going to be a preseason coming soon. Um, we're here to prepare you with some knowledge background and where the team is at as we head to the final month and a half before the season starts. DC United ended last year with only five wins, did not make the playoffs. First time they haven't made the playoffs since 2017. And of course, we do remember that they failed out of the MLS's back tournament during COVID and there was no US Open Cup that they can make up any ground whatsoever. Another trophy this season that caused obviously a change in in coach ben olsen was removed as head coach on october 8th and since then dc Knight has been looking for a new coach now according to the washington post they have interviewed over 20 candidates since october united would like to get a coach by this week however with training camp possibly delayed due to covid as well as the current cba negotiations United's fine with waiting a little longer. Mario, what are your thoughts currently on the coaching search? Where we are at this moment? And is DC United on the right track for a decent rebuild heading into the 2021 season? We've been at this coaching they've been at this coaching search since October. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> uh, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I think that the coaching process in itself is something that takes some time, but I don't know if it takes this long, but you know, either, either ors to the anyone up to their own processes on how to find the perfect candidate. I do appreciate that they've interviewed over 20 people, even though it's a little excessive at times. But again, trying to find the perfect candidate that fits the mold that you're looking for in a head coach and that can motivate the players, I guess it's worth the wait. Uh, now, considering that everything that's gone on with the CBA, I think it gives them a little more time for, it gives that it gives DC United a little more time to come up with a, with a proper educated decision when it comes to getting, getting a new head coach. Yeah. I'm I'm a little with you though, where you gotta start wondering is this too long? Did you talk to too many people to the point now where you're scared that one of your candidates is gone? Now you're upset, you know, you're you're leaving it up too much to chance at this point. Narrow it down to your final picks and then make a decision. It's like it's like when you apply for a job and you know they're hiring right away. And then they refuse to tell you after the second interview if you got it or not. And so you're waiting and waiting. And then randomly, eight months later, you receive an email saying you didn't get the job. <laughs> you know, 
you could have told me five days after the interview. <laughs> and so I think that that's what's going on here is that DC United is scared of losing a potential candidate or one of the candidates is scared of losing a possible potential job. According to, you know, various sources, Gonzalo Pineda seems to be the, the top candidate, but he's Pineda still got to think about himself and, if he would like to become the Seattle's head coach, the Seattle head coach situation still hasn't been resolved. Uh, one of the head coaching jobs that we thought would take a little long too, the LA Galaxy, theirs got resolved with uh, Greg Vanny filling into that role. And Toronto looks like they're going to be f- uh, filling their role with Patrick Vieira. So DC9 is wasting too much time if they know who their candidate is. Make the decision. Now, one thing we should discuss real quickly is DC United's tension to be cheap. This is, goes back even when they were in RFK. Um, one of the benefits of them keeping Ben Olsen for a decade was that he was the second or the lowest paid head coach in the league. That can't. F- that may be a hindrance too. Where if you're Gonzalo Pineda and you've almost gone to Mexico for a job and you've almost gotten the Seattle job, are you going to take this DC United job with low pay? Uh, it's 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 probably a hindrance for you getting your best candidate if the guy you want is wondering, well, why are you paying me so little? Right. I think money is always a fun, is always a funny point when it comes to these kinds of negotiations. And like you said, DC United's been notoriously cheap ever since they were at RFK. So this is nothing new. And so if you're not offering the, your, your number one candidate, who you feel is the best candidate for this position, if you're not offering them what he feels that is a good monetary monetary incentive for you to for him to take the job and someone else like say a Liga Amekis club who can't who have been known to pay a pretty good penny to bring in their head coaches that's a problem and so that that's something you got to resolve and I feel like that's one of those things you got to meet in the middle somehow I know that money has always been a is always a funny subject in the world of, of soccer so yeah, you you can be cheap in some instances, but I feel if you're looking to find the best candidate, you can't really be cheap in these kinds of situations. Also, I think you're wasting too much time in trying to get the perfect candidate. Now, DC Knight kind of puts itself in a bind because they kept uh, Dave Casper around. Dave's got to f- do his job and get good players. That goes with the coach's system. It can't be this situation of... I want a midfielder and you just go give me a random midfielder like he did with Ben a lot. No, like you, if whoever's the coach, they're going to look at you and they're going to be like, okay, can you give me the players I need? Cause if you can't, then this isn't going to work. Like you're going to have to go. And so I think that's also become a problem where you kept Dave Casper around because probably Dave is cheap. And, and so you keep him around. Plus, David is a good scout. Like he knows what he's looking for in colleges. He knows how to maneuver MLS and get the big trades. If anything, if they were getting a big international coach, like I say, Marcelo Gallardo, you know, totally. This is why you would keep Dave Casper. But in this case, where you may get Gonzalo Pineda or hell, piss off all the fans and get Chris Armas, well, you don't really need Dave Casper because you can trust. You know, someone in league who would know 
who's good, and then you would get a new GM who knows how to negotiate internationally. So I think that's become an issue too, where if you're a head coach, do you really want to tether yourself to a guy that really, let's be honest, his biggest pickups were who? Dwayne DeRosario in a trade for Dax McCarty? And I'm not giving him Wayne Rooney. That's ridiculous. That was the, the that was ownership. Like, is that his biggest move? Like, I don't even. I mean, we could also go with the illustrious move of Leonard Pahoy for Danny Cruz a year after the Dwayne Derrick <laughs> trade. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I guess Edison Flores. But then again, Edison Flores was in a situation where he was in a rut. He was on the bench. He wanted playing time. It would have it would became an easy buy for him to leave Liga Mickey's and leave. I th- believe it was Morelia and just you know, become a starter here. It was easy for him to make that move because he wasn't getting that many minutes. So, like, his biggest, most impactful deal that I can remember off the top of my head, so there's probably more, was that Dero trade. Like, there's just... Nothing was more impactful than that. Go with the Eddie Johnson move in late 2013. Mm-hmm. That was... But I feel like that was more of a collective effort between ownership and Dave Casper to get to get Eddie Johnson and look for the bet for the best move for the best deal to get him in that trade. But yeah, I think the deer the Dero trade for Dax McCarty were, is this is the best one he's had in the last ten years because it was beneficial for both clubs in the long run. Because if you think about it, DC United benefited from having Dwayne De Rosario in the short term. And New York Red Bulls benefited from having Dax McCarty in their long run. So it was a win-win situation in that trade. Yeah, that was one of those few trades where both sides won in the end. But what it's concerning to me is you leave this guy and his track record is that. His best move was done eight years ago or nine years ago, ten years ago. Like, think of it that way. It's like, well, what have you done since? You know, you look at his international signings, it's a bit of a joke, really, around DC United fans. It's like he can't find an international striker to save his life. And so, you know, Gilman Rivas was not big of a revelation, but he did okay for performances. But he's not going to be a guy that you're going to really put, you know, your soul on. Like, that's not going to be good. That's not going to get you into a playoffs. And Dave has shown from time to time again that the guy that they need is never the guy they go and pick up. So that could also be a hindrance of why, if I'm a Gonzalo Pineda, you look at the situation, you go, okay, I'm going to bring my staff and bring everybody in, but. Is Dave going to give me the right talent? And that's got to be concerning if you're him. And also, if you're DC United, why keep a guy that's good at college when the college game is being diminished ever so slowly? Like, half of DC United Academy goes to Maryland. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's not that they do it purposefully, but... If they really want to check out how their youth is doing before any draft, they could just go to College Park and check out their kids. Like, you get what I'm saying? So, well, I think I found one, actually. Quincy Americal was a really good sighting. Lol. No. no. <laughs> so, Mario, where do you think this coaching situation ends and when? When is probably the best question, but with who? When I I'll, well, I guess we could. I could be the optimistic one. It'll probably end in a week or two. 
how it ends, um, I want to say realistically, we could go with Gonzalo Pineda. How it's really probably going to end, they're going to bring an international coach. And for what it's worth, it may be someone from South America, and it may be Marcelo Gallardo. (laughs) (laughs) Weirdly enough, just pretty much like, how do you convince Marcelo Gallardo to come here? I worked with Dave Casper for a year as a play, as a player. I played here for a year. Sure, why not? Let's give it a shot. If Matias Almeida can succeed in both Liga Emekis and MLS, why can't I? You're very optimistic. I like you for that reason. But <laughs> no, this is a shit show. They should have been hired their coach by now. Um, I agree yeah. Well, like I said, I'm going to take the optimistic approach here. But realistically, yeah, this should have been done a month ago. Yeah, this this should have been done. Greg Vanny was only in the market for like two minutes, and boom, the Galaxy said, well, I'll take you. We have no idea if DC and I reached out. They probably did just to check what Greg wanted. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm pretty baffled. I I really wish they would hurry up and get this done. Um, in the next week, uh, you have players that are going to go to U.S. men's national team training. Oh, uh, you got I found one player that's the exception to that rule for Dave Casper, Fabiana Spindola. Okay, okay. <laughs> Again, the D road trade is still the most impactful of all the trades, but okay, I'll give you that. I mean, again, Dave knows talent within MLS. That's his biggest strength with the college game being diminished ever so much. He is he knows who's good in MLS. That's no doubt in my mind he knows that. But now with the game moving towards more international players, moving towards that kind of style, then you gotta adapt. And Dave has not. He has not. And yeah, and it also shows again, now that we're gonna bring this full circle in the coach in the uh, coaching selection. We shall see. On the field, you know, DC United's letting go of several players. They they let go of Earl Edwards, who went to New England, uh, traded Lisa Segura, only a Fisher, Gilman Rivas, Felipe Martins, Axel Schoiberg, and Mohamed Abu have all had contracts not yet picked up. Chris Dewey Adsum is still negotiating his deal with DC United. Looks like he'll be staying. Um and we have to talk about this because it resurfaced again. For the 900th time. Mets Ozil is not coming to DC United right now. He's just not. The man is making oh, close to $500,000 a week. In he's wages. not doing anything. And he's not even doing anything in Arsenal. If anything, he has a better chance of being loaned out to the Colorado Rapids before he sold to DC United for free. Like, that's just what it is. So that means that there's no chance for it to also come in this year. But I will say this. The rumors have got, have now become really hilarious. Have you read this deal that supposedly DC United did? I, I read parts of it, and I still laugh, but you probably have more of an of, of the knowledge on, on that front, but I think just the coffee shop alone is just kind of funny. Yeah, so for, for those who didn't see it, the rumors of Old Tilt to DC came from Football London, the reporter used to file for the MLS Soccer. Um, the offer that he cited, 
according to a source. The offer that United in- included an expansion of his 39-step coffee brand throughout the stadium, not just at the, his own little shop, which was my future destination until they elected <laughs> to, to shatter the dreams of mine and say that the coffee shop has been killed by COVID. Um, <laughs> his own merchandise line as well as making him the face of DC United. Now, making him the face of DC United, that's done as soon as he signs the contract. But um, high wages and his coffee shop idea and his own merchandise line. Sounds like an MLS move to me. <laughs> but I just... I just yeah, let me get the Met, let me get the Ozil decaf with a uh, Ozil cookie. Double, cho- double chocolate chip. Let me just break everybody's spirits now. I want this guy on DC United. He's one of the best German soccer players of all time. I, I, I love, the guy plays great in midfield. He was excellent at Real Madrid. He was good at Arsenal until they, the recent benching thing. I just the DC United has too many midfielders, and the guys that we mentioned earlier, they're going to be tried out. Like it's not like DC United's abandoning them. They're going to try them out. Who gets to stay and who gets to go? That's what we're about to find out. Yeah, I don't. I'm not holding my breath on Mesut Ozil coming at this moment in time. Again, there, there's there's an abundance of midfielders on this team, and it's not right. something that's really a necessity right now for DC United. Now, whoever the new head coach is. You could think about it further down the line when things probably get back to like a more even Steven kind of a shape, kind of shape financially from the mm-hmm. pandemic. But I just don't see it right now because Mesut Ozil has weirdly enough a good thing going where I'm getting paid and I'm not really doing much of anything because of some weird benching situation at my club. So all, all in all, like, and I don't think it'll happen right now. And also, where are you going to place Mesut Ozil? In the lineup, because where you can place him probably as a like a ten or a or a box box midfielder, you got players that play in those positions. So, not saying that oh I don't want Mesut Ozil. Of course I want Mesut Ozil. Or he's one of the best midfielders in the world. Uh, it is especially in coming, especially being that he won a World Cup. He's a World Cup winning winning midfielder. So right. it's straight. It's weird that this that this rumor keeps resurfacing every three weeks, and I think it'll continue to resurface till the season starts. So, being the optimistic on the show, on the show, give it till at least the summer for for something to materialize. I don't think anything materializes <laughs> right now with Mesut Ozil, and probably nothing will materialize in twenty twenty one. So, who knows? <laughs> You're right. Who knows? And so we shall see going forward. Um, outside of the vessel, also, but uh, Mario, you know, where do you feel DC United is still missing something? You know, for me, I just it's still hard for me to fathom that they went from having the best defense in the league two seasons ago, and then last season they were utter dog crap. I don't know. What to think about it? Um, 
Yeah, I agree with the whole de- de- defense, and it's one of those things that they need to address. I feel that the forward line needs to be a pressing issue that you need to that you need to try to fix a little, not just from the not just because of the players that are playing up top, but also there was really no depth in the forward line last year. Yeah, the defense was pretty was pretty horrid. But there was semblance of depth to an extent on the defense, and not and let's not speak about the midfield where you have a wealth of depth. The forward line was lacking. You were lacking in depth, and also you were lacking in guys that can absolutely finish a scoring opportunity, Ola Kamara. Um, but it, it's something that needs to be addressed. I think not not just for the sake for the sake of saying, hey, we need a forward. But you need to find forwards that could come off the bench and actually pull out a little spark. And that's something that didn't really show up with DC United at all this season when it comes to forwards. And just having depth, having options. I think for the forward line and just working on the depth of the forward line is something that they really need to address in the offseason. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, will they re-sign Gilman Rivas, though? I don't see them taking him on a high salary. I don't. Well, they they already added the academy kid uh, to help with the wing back situation, but they do need another center back. Will this be the year that they give Donovan Pines the bag and say, "Here, run with the center back role. This is yours." It's just they need to get the coach to solidify those roles first. And look, I mean. They lucked out last year. They really could have had a midfield problem with Paul Ariola, Edison Flores, Julian Gressel. And Emil Asad. Now, now you're going to have everybody back, but you have a little bit you can work with. Maybe I'm with you where you want to put Gressel in the middle as your box-to-box and then see where you go from there. Right. I think it's one of those things that you should experiment, really. I, I think I feel like Julian Gressel's more of a box to box midfielder. It's something that worked out with him in Atlanta. And one of the things that really bothered me with Ben Olsen is he would constantly play it on the wing, and you could tell that Julian Gressel was not that comfortable playing out in the wing. But again, that goes to the to the effect of Paul Riolo was out with an injury the entire season. Yeah, and going forward, that's where I'm is where I feel like DCI strength needs a striker, but also the midfield, just like you said earlier, was like it's gonna be key where you you do you want Julian to be behind whoever's the main striker slash midfielders are? And do you trust him or do you wanna give it to, you know, our kids? I mean, we have to say it, you know, all three Academy kids played well last season. They're going to want more playing time. Do you pull what Ben did in this case or where you bring them all up? If one, if they earn starting spots, they'll start. You know, that seems to be the track everybody in MLS is doing. Or do you sit them or send them back to second division? I think at this point, at the full season, you can't not bring them with you, but you know, each coach is different. And so that's why it's kind of interesting that we have yet to get a head coaching announcement because this would have been one of those things you could ask a head coach. 
what are your plans with the youth? Are you going to continue the movement, or are you just going to say, screw it, we're going to do it my way or the highway? Yeah, that definitely is one of those questions that you got to ask yourself, and I don't think that Moses Nyman, nor Griffin Yao, nor Kevin Paredes are going to go out on a limb and go back down to play for Loudon. These guys are going to be wanting to get more minutes, especially now that yeah, Griffin Yao's entering his third season as a professional. Paredes and, Ny- and Nyman are entering their second season as professionals. So they're going to want more playing time, and they're young. So that that has to be something that should be considered in the uh, in the coaching for in the coaching position. Are you going to give the youngsters ample playing time? As well as, like I said, Donovan Pines. Like DC United had the best defense in league in the league two seasons ago, a season ago, in 2019. So to go from having one of the best defenses to then being so sorry at it is mega confusing. And so do you give Donovan the keys to the castle? And I'll be that's one thing I'll be interested in this season. Is does Donovan Pines take over and essentially knock out one of these two veterans and say this is my position? Um, so we shall see. On the player front, uh, there's one thing I do want in terms of either transfer window, super draft, or you know they recently signed a striker from LAFC, if I recall. He'll fill in a backup role. Honestly, just bring me somebody competent. <laughs> That's all I ask. Bring me somebody of competence. Bring me someone, and you can make us wait. I don't think, I don't think we need a DP of Metal Ozo right now, but we do need someone who can score goals, and that's what this team has been lacking all along for about two seasons now. Even when Wayne Rooney was here. If Wayne caught the stomach virus, he, he wouldn't be able to play. They This team couldn't score goals. They need a striker. Yeah. That, I, and the weird thing is, like, there are capable strikers that you could go after in MLS if you're, if you're not in the market of getting a DP striker for right now per se. So there's options. So, yeah, you definitely have to address the uh, striker issue. And it's something that needed to be addressed last season, and it was need, needed to be addressed the uh, season before. So, I have to ask this question: How many games does Ola Kamara get this season before he's benched? I, I honestly do have to ask this question because I was surprised he had that long of a leash last season. I before we move on to other things and kill this podcast, does Ola Kamara? get as much time as he did last year because there were times where he was globally frustrating like worldwide terrible and and then there are times where he gets a goal and then there's times where he gets a goal says this is the healthiest i've ever felt and goes shut out quiet for the rest of the season so i don't know what to think of this man i give him five games I give him five games. I don't think he deserved to get much of a leash like he did last season. And part of the reason why he had such a long leash is because, you know, the pandemic happened. And when you make comments like, 
this is the healthiest I've been and don't bother to score until about the last game of the season. <laughs> you, you are now going to start the season on a short leash. If you don't produce within the first five games of the season, you're benched. And then possibly, you know, work out a trade deal where you send them somewhere else. I mean, for those who don't recall last season, Ola Kamara, after breaking off the league, was a three-game scoring drought, three- to five-game scoring drought. He suddenly said in the press conference that it was the healthiest he ever felt. Ola Kamara finished with 22 games played, 17 starts, and only four goals. Yeah, that's I a terrible putting, strike rate. I hear putting out Leonard Pahoy numbers. Leonard Pahoy would be ashamed of that. Leonard Pahoy was mostly offside. So that's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at. It's just, if anything, this is one of those things where I hope Dave Casper sends him out alone to a third division Brazilian side so I don't have to ever see him again. Or or just, it's just I'm done with it. So I'm with you. Five games I'm already going to start voicing my concern if five, five games in, he's still playing as a start as the starter. It's just it can't happen going forward. He just can't. No, like this season was a weird outlier. We'll probably give him that, but no, you have five games. We're going to enter what most likely is going to be a regular, regular season. Like it's going to be a regular, full blown schedule. It's not going to be this weird schedule that you had to adjust where you also had the MLS's back tournament because of the pandemic. It can't be like that. So yeah, five games. Also, this is also a gold cup year where you're guaranteed to lose at least one or two players. Ola Kamara cannot be that guy that when players are gone, he thinks he could be worse than usual. Like he's going to have to turn up the jets and pick up the slack. And if he doesn't, then again, he has to be benched or traded or sold or other things. Like, he just can't be on the team anymore. I'm just sorry. Um, before we close out, off the field, we just want to address this real quick. So, with the current pandemic situation, it is highly unlikely that the District of Columbia will allow fans anytime soon. Uh, Dr. Fauci was recently quoted by Yahoo saying that he doesn't even believe fans will be back uh, until start of summer when vaccinations really become more widely accessible. And then full crowds by the end of the summer, only early fall, you're talking about August, September, October-ish. That tends to be towards the mid-end point of the MLS season, thus the reason why MLS last week you know, put their major uh, clause and tr- are trying to restart CBA negotiations with the players. Mario, what are your thoughts on not just will fans come back, but I remember before even the pandemic hit me in the face, DC and I was more prepared than some of the local venues that I visited that month. I had gone to Nats Ballpark. I had gone to the Capital One Arena. You couldn't find hand sanitizer to save your darn life in any of these venues. 
way why Audi Field had hand sanitizer everywhere, but also Audi Field is notorious for not telling people about their free internet. So, in a new pandemic world, is DC United ready to handle fans again? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to proceed with caution here because... You know, we don't know how other clubs are going to handle uh, handle uh, having fans back, especially in a pan during a pandemic. And it's something I think they're going to take. They're going to ease their way into it. I don't think that they're going to have a whole bunch of people there just like that because one, it'll lead to a lot of issues, obviously. And two, I I think that DC United, like you said. They had a lot of hand sanitizer on the ready, and so then I think they'll they'll pro they'll prepare accordingly for whatever situation happens. Um, I think it'll take them a second to ha to readjust themselves to have fans back in the venue because you didn't have fans in the venue for the rest of 2020. So, so I think they will handle it well. But I would proceed a little bit with caution, with precaution. There, it'd be baby steps for me, in my opinion. Yeah, I think one thing is presentation-wise, their field was. Excuse my language here. I'm not going to put the explicit tag on the podcast, but the field was shit. They were supposed to get a new field. They didn't. Thank you, XFL. And now, they need a new field, like today. <laughs> if I don't get a golf picture saying they just installed a new field tomorrow, we have problems. Like, they need to get a new field. That's number one, aesthetically. United was already steps ahead of the game. They copied the Orlando model of, you know, going full digital with tickets. Year one was to the full detriment of making their aging fan base realize, holy crap, I need to use a phone. Um, I can no longer walk around with this jitterbug. I can't walk around with this stick of paper that I use to be scanned so I can go in the venue. What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. It's just that they would prefer to go digital. I hate it, but, you know, it is what it is. But I think that puts them a little bit more equipped going forward. You know, a lot of these venues are now even going cashless. Um, so... United was ahead. I can't believe I'm gonna say this. United was ahead of the game in terms of COVID on how to deal with limiting contact. And I think if they're smart, they stick to 5,000 until probably October. With the city's permission, they open up to 10 to 15,000. Yes, I, I agree. I would love to see fans back, but let's be real now. It's just not gonna happen so soon. Right. And especially considering that Muriel Bowser has been pretty adamant about about social gatherings and everything during the pandemic. You know, you mm -hmm. got to proceed with caution. So it's one of those things that right now you can't rush into. Uh, I guess going into the summer, maybe we'll see. But again, baby steps. Right. Some other things to keep an eye out for. Obviously, we kind of mentioned it. Uh, Stephen Golf reports that the coffee shop that originally was going to be at Audi Field that was going to uh, replace what was originally still there now, which is the bike 
um, storage area. That is now off the table. Uh, I get the pandemic once again ruining good ideas. Um, it was a terrible location, but a good idea. Um, that we will not have the coffee shop uh, next season. Um, but something to keep an eye on, obviously, is how the team prepares with Black Lives Matter, how they continue, uh, you know, honoring that uh, cause, especially with things going on. Currently, we're going to discuss uh, in the United States, uh, the club was very forthright and one of the first to be truly active with the Black Lives Matter movement and with the play, the Black Coalition of Players, Major League Soccer. And lastly, we haven't gotten an update on this, but I know uh, sources and just being there myself that the the uh, sports book that was going to be set up is ready to go. So does DC United, even if the limits restricted, Will they open their sports book before they are allowed to have fans in the building? That is also something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I mean, that that would definitely bring people to the building. But again, um, that that is definitely something that, that seems interesting. And it was something that's been talked about, bringing gambling into Audi Field. So with them going forward, if they do decide to go forward with this, it shall be interesting. And just pretty much figuring out where they're going to place the uh, the betting house. Well, it, it's in the Heineken Club. It's in the uh, what the Heineken Club premium area is on field level. Um, for those who are novices or haven't been to Audi in a minute it's the uh where the Audi rooftop bar is on the first floor not in the bar rooftop bar but in the first floor which is normally a premium area for those who have field seats it will be converted into the sports book meanwhile we still have two vacant storefronts but I digress um (laughs) so that will be turned into a restaurant during the week during non-game days a restaurant and a sports book during game days it will go back to being the heineken bar um for field seats uh access going forward it's good money for the club like you said but again i'm just curious to see will that open without fans be even allowed in the venue because technically it could have been open now. <laughs> Sports books are already open. So it'll be, I want to be curious. Are they just trying to make sure they can be able to order food and make sure, cause they fall under a restaurant permit for that. Like that's where I'm thinking and curious about. Right. So I think they, they have several ways to circumvent this around the system, around this to work our way around the system. But, well, we shall see. It, it, it's an interesting proposition, and we shall see. And also, man, I know where I'm going for lunch during work. <laughs> Two-part question for you, Mario, and then we'll head out. Does DC United make the playoffs, and have they already squandered all the attention that Wayne Rooney left for them? Hey. Or was it the pandemic? <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm again. I'll be the optimist again. Yeah, they'll make the playoffs. 
with a caveat being they won't probably be the first. Or it won't be top four in the Eastern Conference, but I think they'll make the playoffs if you build the team correctly and you build it and the uh, head coach pretty much gets the grasp gets the grasp of the team pretty quickly. I don't think they totally squandered the uh, the Wayne Rooney uh, Wayne Rooney experience with the with the club, but I think I think it's getting there, but not not to the level of oh this team's forgetful, and also yeah the the pandemic had a hand in making this forgetful because you know nobody shows up to the stadium because we're in the middle of a pandemic, and that that when we when what we've learned is pandemics can do that. They can hin- they can hinder what you were planning for for the year, but that that that's something they couldn't work. That's something that this unforeseen circumstance and wasn't really in the plans for anybody. Yeah, I think one thing that the pandemic showed me is how reliant DC United was these these field seats and all the suites that they had in get, making sure that those were filled because that brought in the revenue. You saw it right away when DC and I didn't make any moves during the transfer window until the very end with Gilman Rivas. And it turned out that it was Gonzalo Iwain, the guy that they've been wanting to get. And that was the main reason why they got his brother. And so, foiled once again, but the pandemic shows how ill-equipped DC United is when they don't have any fans in the building. So, And probably, honestly, why they haven't finished the coaching search, because they'd rather see how far COVID goes if it starts all of a sudden because everybody's vaccinated or if it's worse than that. So they're really gambling here, but I do think they need to get the coaching. They are squandering the attention that they got from Wade Rooney. They are. Like, it's just... They're waiting too long to make big moves, and they don't have to be big moves, but they have to be moves enough that grab people's attention. A new head coach, uh, more attention for your youth kids. Have them readily available. Look, I love these kids. They're decent talkers. Let them talk to the media. Let them to go and explore. Let them. They're 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Like, let them have fun. Let them be kids. Let them get attention for your club. Like, let them be them. Too much of this, like, we need to keep care of our kids. Like, no. Like, let them be kids and let them represent your club. They're All three of them are wonderful, wonderful people. And they deserve to have the attention on them. So they are squandering it. They do need to make more moves. They need to make more attention. And guess what? Like, be more accessible. The spirit are more accessible in the off season than DC United is. I don't know how that's possible, but it is. Like the spirits out here playing in Bethesda, and I can't find a DC United player to save my life. So <laughs> take that for what you will. Uh, will they make the playoffs? If they allow twenty teams in the playoffs again, sure they'll make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm like yo if it. If Nashville and Inter Miami can make the playoffs in their first seasons as clubs, man, why can't this team? Exactly, but uh, I do see them making a big pickup uh, in the summer. I really do, 
may require a couple of loans and some rich people selling houses, but I do see I do see DC United um, making a run for something big in the summer. I really do. Um, Betsa also not likely someone else that may be a contributor. We'll see, but they do need a striker because honestly, I can't take it. I can't take Olo Kamara for another day. I just can't take it. Can't take it. Oh, not another day. All right. <laughs> That's enough for us. I think we've both reached our limit. So before uh, we let you go, Mario, I'll tell the people where they can learn more about you. All right. If you want to know anything I'm working on at this very moment in time, or you just need dietary plans for the new year on how to make healthy tamales, Follow me on Twitter. At you can follow El Tiempo Latino and their stories and what they're working on on Twitter as well, at El Tiempo Latino. You can go on their website, eltiempolatino.com. And, brother man, if you really, really, really are desperate for a physical copy, they got you with newsstands in every local metro station. Tamales are supposed to be not healthy. That's why they're delicious. But I digress. <laughs> for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Jose underscore M underscore Mana for more. We hope you enjoyed this DC Night a little mini preview. Like we said, it's really hard to kind of do one of these things. We try to want to make this more of a review, but guess what? Soccer never stopped moving all of December, <laughs> so it is good to at least get this started. Hell, we got this done before DC United found a head coach, so <laughs> <laughs> it's just sure, the way it shows our commitment <laughs> exactly. But hopefully, we'll get more news uh, in the upcoming weeks. We'll look to get guests in the future, so you know if you have any more suggestions, comments, or you just want to tell us how bad our takes are. Maybe you're all a Kamara. You really love yourself that much. Let us know. You can find me again on Twitter. You can find Mario on Twitter. You can always look for our work as well online. And for any sports content, you can go to sportspost.com. Remember, special shout out, as always, to Kevin McLeod at Impotech for the intro music. Rate, subscribe, as always, on Anchor, Spotify, and all audio platforms. Thank you for tuning into the Bad on Braves FC podcast. We thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you soon. Adios. Adios.